You are listening to Ouija Broads. Guess who's back in the house? Yeah. Back in the house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We haven't taped in so long. What's up, Captain PhD, plus mom, plus wife, plus new dog owner, plus all around, you know, working 80 hours a week person? How you doing? Uh, Life is good. Yeah. Life is very good. There's just more things than hours can happen. Uh, But to sum up the last couple of weeks, um, the best thing other than, you know, having wonderful people in my life and a great job that I love is like a dog and everybody who's followed along. With the drum of Liz wanting a dog and coming up with dog names and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to give you the conclusion of the story. We got Cubby, who is 11 and a half years old. Uh, just going on what people guess when they see her, I'm going to say she's a Greyhound-German Shepherd mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about it, dude. That's exactly <laughs> what she right, is. Right? Yeah. Like, she's not quite a Shepherd, but she's not quite a Greyhound. No. She got long legs and a dumb face, but yeah. a wolf tail. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah, and we love her, and she's gentle, and she's the best. And I highly recommend, because I know there are a lot of us out there with mental health things that we could work on. I have found few things as effective as spoiling the hell out of a senior dog. Yeah. Like, I highly recommend it. No side effects except for fur tumbleweeds all over your house. So I have for you a UFO story because we haven't gone to yeah, that one in a we while. Have not do it. Oh, I can't wait. Aliens are so gross. <laughs> not the word I thought you were going to use there. Oh, I thought you were going to say interesting. Mm-mm. Cool. Mm-mm. No, I hate Gross. them. No, they're like paranormal zombies to me. I, of the horror genre, zombies are my least favorite monster. Of the paranormal genre, aliens are my least favorite thing. Why? Well, they freak me out, man. They're like, they're long and they're bony and I feel like their skin looks like it would feel like a cross between an elephant and a wetsuit. And they've got the big stupid eyes and it was mostly because of sightings, which was a show yeah. that oh, yeah. everyone on our generation who was into paranormal grew up on. But they, oh man, just the, the that triangle face with the big eyes and the sightings episodes about UFOs and greys and aliens were always just the most terrifying to me and I don't know if it I don't know if it feeds into my whole hatred and fear of things that are almost human but not quite human and how that really fucks with me psychologically or Mm. if it's the kidnap aspect or if I don't know what it is but I hate them they're so gross I'm excited for this episode I mean it's gonna make (laughs) me have a lot of feelings and a lot of words this story happens on Vancouver Island. So this is Canada Vancouver, not Washington Vancouver. Okay. Thanks ever so much, Captain Vancouver or whoever, Shit. for coming through and naming a bunch of crap after yourself. Right? Real creative, dude. You couldn't have done one of them after your first name? We couldn't have Vancouver and John? <laughs> we have a St. John. No. Okay. Vancouver and Elmer. Like we couldn't have had yeah. two very separate places. Nope. It would have been very good. No, I like the ones that are named after the feelings. Can I read you some of them before I get into this? Oh, of course. Okay. So, Mount Terror. <laughs> Deception Pass. Yes, I love that. Mount Horrible. <laughs> we have a mount. Useless Bay. <laughs> Cape Disappointment. <laughs> Desolation Peak. <laughs> <laughs> 
Poison Lake. <laughs> Calm down, guys. Who's <laughs> also known as Bitter Lake and Salts Lake. Calm down. Mount Terror. Yeah, aptly named. Yeah. I can't get over Useless Bay. This is, <laughs> useless this Bay. Is just, so, just useless. So petty. They found out that it wasn't deep enough for their ships, and they're like, fucking useless is what that is. It's for nothing. For and no And all the creatures reason. living there are like, all right, chill out. Ouch. <laughs> Hurts. Oh, my God. So in the Picket Range in Washington, we have Damnation Peak. Yes. Uh, that's where Mount Terror is, and also Mount Despair. <laughs> <laughs> In the San Juans, we have Massacre Bay. Oh. And Victim Island. Oh, <laughs> Named for the same things. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, also in the same vein of, I'm just gonna name this the fuck how I feel about it, Obstruction <laughs> Island. <laughs> <laughs> they felt like it was in the way of what would otherwise be a really good route for big ships. <laughs> well, we would have had a channel right here if it wasn't for your <laughs> dumb terrain ass. Yeah. Obstruction Island. <sighs> and then George Vancouver, because that was his first name. Oh, there we go. He saw this body of water and he thought that Whidbey Island was a peninsula, uh, mm. or that it would be a good port. Okay. But, in fact, it was just a pass, and he named it Deception Pass. He, it's like, yeah, I think that was more of a jumped to conclusions jumped, pass, right, George. Right. The, I don't think it was heading out mm -mm, to trick you. No. Jeez, calm down. I wasn't trying to deceive you. That was just, you were myopic, and it was before LASIK. Stop taking shit so personally. <laughs> Yeah, okay, apparently specifically Useless Bay, it didn't have any protection for vessels, and that's the only reason you would have a bay, so fuck it. Absolutely the only reason. Yeah. Um, Mount Forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> did, I mean, did they forget to, to name it something better? Or I guess, I guess. In consequence, this is what George Vancouver said, I think a lot of this is just him. Yeah. Uh, in consequence of the change we experienced in its neighborhood, foul weather bluff. <laughs> Come on, George. It's not like that 365 days a year. Just because the weather was bad the day you were there. You wouldn't know, Liz. You've never been. I've, yeah, that's true. I've never been. Maybe it's always terrible. Maybe. <sighs> and then there's Charles Wilkes, who, uh, named Useless Bay, also got to a point of land, okay. and, uh, they had already named things after being disappointed, so he called it Point No Point. Come on, this was where, <laughs> this was where you were supposed to call it Disappoint. Yes! <laughs> it's perfect, it writes itself, man! <laughs> point No Point. <laughs> Have some creativity. Yeah. So what, it's just a fist? I don't know. No, he, he just couldn't name it Useless Point because he already used that one. There's, you know, four miles off Jefferson County in the Pacific, we have Destruction Island. Oh, man, you wreck yeah. one ship and the, the name sticks. Unfair. Not fair. He did his Broken time. Broken Island. I don't know what it did. <laughs> <laughs> so many divorces. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a creek that flows into White River called Wrong Creek. What? I don't know what the fuck that thing did. <laughs> yeah. It's just, people feel the way, this is, this is what would happen if people like you were allowed to name fish. 
It's just they got to name land formations. You'd be like, asshole fish, not that fish, stupid fish, really uggo fish. Look at this dumb teeth fish. (laughs) Yeah, all right. So this one got kind of lost in translation over the years, not between languages. But so if you think of like a steam whistle, because, you know, in logging days, they used the steam whistles to communicate with everybody. Okay. And I, how would you make that noise? You'd be like, yeah, or something, right? Yeah. (sighs) Well, that's how we got poo poo point. point yep. what a terrible choice I know. there's an angry mountain because apparently it has storms uh also storms named mount horrible and mount misery apparently the weather is just not allowed which is pretty Mm-mm. rich for people coming from england okay uh yeah right <laughs> And I just love it that they're, like, sitting there at the end of their day after traveling all the way out here and, first of all, feeling the need to name everything, which is, like, chill out. Just ask the people who are already here, what do you call that thing? Yeah, exactly. (sighs) No, I'm going to name it after my neighbor down the road back home. (laughs) I'm I'm going to name it about my feelings. And this map will be my diary. (laughs) Like, name it after. Nobody was like, oh, Sarah took her first words on this bluff. We'll call it first word bluff, you know? Or Jolene and I had a really tasty gopher over on that (laughs) mountain, so we'll call it Groundhog Point. They had to name them after the worst fucking part of their days, which were apparently, as you said, weather related. The weather! And so it's just an endless parade of fuck you, Point. (laughs) God damn it, River. (laughs) I can't even with this lake. Uh, pass. How many us does that have in it? Two U's or three? <laughs> Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> it's just <laughs> okay. That was all a digression. I just got excited because I had looked at those the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I should tell you about this." But it is kind of an intro to what I wanted to tell you about, which is Vancouver Island. All right, November twenty ninth, nineteen eighty. So what, what, that's a little bit after Mount St. Helens blew, right? Would you say November 29th, 1980, and yeah. Mount St. Helens blew in, what, May 1980? So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So this is on Vancouver Island, and there is a ferocious storm. The weather is terrible. Like, not just disappointingly terrible, but, say, like... <laughs> so uh, Vancouver a Island storm. about to be renamed Terrible Island. Yeah, a terrible island. The water somehow got up inside my hat island. <laughs> Little sideways rain island. Super soggy socks island. Yes. I smell like a wet dog island. Windshield wipers on maximum island. <laughs> okay, so there's a violent storm this night. It's end of november the storm takes out the electricity right. it tears down a bunch of trees and in the middle of this violent storm a young man posted a note on his father's bedroom door walked out of his family home leaving all of his possessions behind he climbs into his pickup truck drives away and is never heard from again oh fuck. let me explain why this is significant okay 
because the young man, his name was Granger Taylor, and here is the note that he left. Dear mother and father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien ship. As recurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you, as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Wow. On the back of the note was a contour map of Waterloo Mountain, which was about 20 miles west of where they were. Okay. We don't know why. But oh. let me tell you more about Granger. Yeah. I mean, do you have some first reactions here? Are you intrigued? Well, yeah. Have I said the hook narratively? You have. Yeah. Bait me, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm a master baiter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and a cunning linguist. <laughs> so Granger Taylor was a really interesting guy. And the kind of interesting that you might not necessarily know if you sat next to him at a party. Okay. But let me tell you about him. So he was born in 1948. So when he disappears, he's 32 years old. And he's from Vancouver Island, specifically from Duncan, which was a logging and fishing town. Okay. And he lived with his mother and stepfather. His father drowned when he was very young. And he lived with them all his life. All his life, he dropped out of school in eighth grade, not because he couldn't hack it, but because he was so wrapped up in other stuff. He was a mechanical genius. Oh. He was, like, he found an old, like, a freight train car in the woods that had been, you know, ripped apart for scrap during World War II and trees growing up through it. He, in two years, by himself, got it operational. Wow. And sold it. No He way. built his own or restored his own Kitty Hawk World War II airplane. Oh, uh, my God. That is now in a museum. At 14 years old, he built a single-cylinder automobile. Are you kidding like, me? That is how fucking smart this guy was. He I, could do whatever with... I, go ahead. I can't even make an origami boat. I know. What the fuck? comes out of that. Uh, yeah, exactly. God damn, I gotta stop putting boats on my head. (laughs) Yeah, but he basically was a wizard with every kind of machinery. So his parents' farm started to be known as Sleepy Hollow Museum, because (laughs) basically any old busted piece of equipment he could find, he would bring back and fix it. So it was like, here's some train parts. Here's some, you know, steam pots. Here's a bulldozer. I I feel like that's a misnomer. They didn't call it like resurrection junkyard. You know, yeah. it's not <laughs> sleepy the hollow museum. Yeah, right. We could have come up with way cooler names for this. I expected something a little better. Yeah, that was a pretty generous uh, name for that. Yeah, but he basically would just regularly restore stuff, and then like museums would say, "Oh my god, we absolutely need this." Yeah, he was kind of an awkward guy. He was one of those sweet guys where they grow up really big, and they have to figure out how to move through the world in a way that doesn't make people like afraid of them yeah. and that's so sad but you know he was six foot three yeah 240 pounds and his friends called him gentle ben yeah i was gonna say it's a gentle giant kind of thing isn't it exactly <laughs> have to overcompensate honestly yeah 
Yeah, he but he was both gentle and a giant and an intellectual giant. And when he was hitting adulthood, so, you know, he drops out of junior high. Yeah. He works on all these machines. It's an incredibly useful skill at I'm any point, sure. but especially, you know, in the 70s, you're maybe hitting a bit of a recession. You've got to make stuff last. You're in a logging and fishing community. People yeah. need their boat engines fixed and their chainsaws fixed. Yeah. And also in the 70s... It is the heyday, or a heyday, the 50s were one, the 70s were another, of UFO fever. Okay, right. Yeah. So this is the era of, like, there's Star Wars, and there's Close Encounters, and there's sort of a scientific focus on it, and there's... A lot of books published. So before, if you had decided, oh, I'm going to read everything about UFOs, you might not have been able to get your hands on a lot. Yeah. Granger is able to get a hold of tons of stuff that his parents still had after he disappeared. Okay. Yeah. And he became hugely obsessed. One of his friends said mostly what he did besides repair gear was get high and talk about aliens. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know why I expected him to be some kind of, like, retiring savant, you know, that this (laughs) is the only thing that he was good at. I I don't know why, but in my head, that's what I thought. And I'm actually glad to hear that he's, A, more well-rounded than that. And then, B, it's just so funny to me to think that this, like, mechanical engineer Lazarus genius also just (laughs) gets stoned and goes, aliens, man. Right? Like, he both was big and was a little bit socially awkward, it sounds like, but that didn't mean he didn't have any friends. Yeah. He had another friend who dropped out of school at a young age, and they spent a lot of time together either working on stuff or smoking pot and talking about space and aliens. Oh, man. But, you know. What a life. I know! (laughs) Not bad at all, friend. Yeah. This guy says that he thought Granger was a genius bordering on insanity. Mm, yeah. That, you know, they say if your mind's too open, yeah. it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Granger tells Keller, his, his smoking up buddy, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to build my own spaceship. And it's Granger. So he does. It doesn't go to space. Okay. But he makes a life-size spaceship replica with spare parts he collected from the dump. Okay. So there's like a couple satellite dishes and he puts them together. <laughs> and <laughs> no, he makes UFO. like a, a clamshell out of these satellite dishes. I see it. Right. One of the resources I found said that partly it was him trying to use his engineer's mind to say... Could a thing shaped like a saucer actually fly the way that people say they've seen these fly? I see. Yeah. Can can they be these kind of hovering things while also spinning and have propulsion and trajectory? Even though, I mean, I think most UFO sightings, they don't really have like jets coming out of them. Mm -hmm. They just seem to... Yeah, it's often hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. But... This was also kind of because he was still living with his folks. It was kind of his treehouse, you know? Oh, my God. So he put a TV in there. He put a couch in there and a wood-burning stove. How fucking big are these satellite dishes? Well, I've seen a picture of it. I'll share it. And they were really big satellite dishes. Like, not like a at-home one, but like... 
uh, commercial one. Yeah, yeah. And then he sort of, he built, like, they were, like, the floor and the ceiling, and then he's got, like, walls between them. I see. So it's kind of like they're the buns of the hamburger, and then he also has the meat, and that's where he lives. I think Granger was the meat. Yeah, he was the meat. So, according to his friend, he became obsessed with finding out how flying saucers were powered. Because yeah. this is a guy who knows a lot about, like, okay, this engine and that engine, boat engine, train engine, right. cars, bulldozers. You said he got all a these different fire to work. So, he yeah. understands flight. So, he spends hours in the ship. Sometimes he would sleep out there, he would think, and presumably get really high all the time, I can only assume. <laughs> of course. Yes, because he told one of his friends about a month before he disappeared that he was in direct contact with aliens. So what he would do is, (laughs) so maybe that wood stove wasn't venting real good. I don't know. No, Uh, (laughs) he was in two giant pie pans and he was getting baked, my friend, in many ways. In many ways. But what he told his friend Bob Nielsen is that he was getting mental communications with somebody from another galaxy. He couldn't see them. They were just talking to him through his mind. Okay. Now, shockingly, in the months leading up to his disappearance, Granger also had been doing a lot of acid. Like, a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Yeah, like, Granger. multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, which, you know, you can do if you're a mechanical genius who, who doesn't need to clock in anywhere, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, Dude, I need yeah. every last brain cell I got, and I gotta go to work. <laughs> yep. Yep. But... So what he would do is go on trips all the time. And apparently to all his friends, he was really matter of fact. He's like, I'm in mental contact with an alien. All right. The alien is going to take me on a trip. Consistently, he would say, I'm going on a 42-month trip. Okay. Which is three and a half years. I don't know what the significance is of 42 months, except if it's like life, the universe, and everything. Exactly. I don't know. But he was really matter of fact about it. Okay. And in the way that you do when your friend who's kind of weird and really tripping balls all the time says, oh, I'm going to go on a trip with an alien. You're like, cool. <laughs> like, they were all just matter of fact about okay. it. Okay. Okay. They all just kind of accepted it because they were like, there's absolutely no point in telling Granger this isn't going to happen. Sure. Like, oh, but we're just going to get in an argument and make him sad. Like, sure. Okay, we'll just let this resolve. And then when it doesn't happen on the day he says it does, we'll just kind of like buy him a beer and some hot wings and not worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably, you know, organized the summer around something. Exactly. You're like, yeah, okay, well, this weekend we're going to go fishing. Next weekend we're going to go to the beach. Third weekend, Granger thinks the aliens are coming. So, fourth weekend, we got to make sure we yeah. have the bars. We can't go to the drive-in movie that weekend because Granger's going to be off with aliens. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, in his mind, when he was communicating with this alien, he had a lot of questions about how they powered their craft. And they wouldn't really, like, tell him. They would just say it was something magnetic. Rude. But he was really excited because he was like, they're going to tell me where to pick me up. And then I'm going to learn everything about their technology while I'm on this voyage. He was really excited. Okay. I mean, that's sweet. That... Makes me really sad because, of course, I'm going, oh, you know, he had an untreated mental illness. That's scary and sad. But it's also really sweet to think he was, like, little kid excited about more knowledge. Yeah, well, he was too smart for where he was, I think. He was getting bored. 
And so a week before he was supposed to go, he took a bunch of his friends out for, like, a going away party. Okay. So Friday, so he disappears on a Saturday. On Friday, he goes in and he talks to his stepfather, Jim. He, like, goes into where his stepfather, Jim, is sitting in the bedroom, has a long discussion with him. And he's like, you know, I really appreciate everything you've done for me over the years. And, you know, I love you. And says all that stuff to him. And he's made two wills that have detailed instructions about how he wants his stuff to be distributed. Okay. And on the wills, he's taken the word deceased and scratched it out and written departed. Granger. Yeah. Le- legal documents are written in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. This is not well, going to work, I think but I him, He's like, I'm not going to die. Right. I'm going to go someplace else. But... I think probably in his head, he's like, I might be having too much of a good time to come back. I see. Well, because I was wondering, I and maybe you'll cover this, but I wonder, why aren't you asking mom and dad to store your stuff for three years instead mm-hmm. of, no, give it away. I guess you'll yeah. come back with cool souvenirs. I guess. I'm like, I don't know what his possessions were exactly, yeah. but what I have determined is he did have a lot of money especially for the early 80s Mm. he had like tens of thousands of dollars because he was so good at mechanical stuff and people would buy stuff (laughs) fuck that's more than i've got in the late (laughs) 20 teens fuck yeah like he wouldn't spend it on anything too probably either right taking his buddies Um, out for a goodbye dinner yeah weed Weed. (laughs) and he's in vancouver so he's getting good prices probably the last person who saw Granger that we know of was a woman who worked at Bob's Grill in the town of Duncan. Okay. And apparently Granger came in, you know, he apparently wasn't unusual for him to come in and just kind of order food and eat by himself. Yeah. She remembered seeing him, like she remembered what he wore. So she was able to verify with other people that it's like, yeah, no, I, I knew who this was. Like, I'm not just remembering after the fact. Oh, I yeah. definitely saw this guy that disappeared later. So he paid his bill. He leaves a restaurant about 6.30 p.m. The storm is starting to come through the cities in the area, and it's starting to hit Duncan. Okay. So hurricane force winds hit, like I said. Power lines are down. Uh, A lot of people are stuck in their houses. They're picking up debris. Phone lines are down. Oh, man. But what starts to pass by word of mouth as people are checking in on each other is that Granger has disappeared. And, of course, people are concerned because they're like – He's like something happened, like a tree fell on sure, him, or sure. you know, he got he was driving and he got blown off the road or whatever. Well, yeah, he was in his giant fucking metal UFO and lightning struck <laughs> this tin yeah. can he lives in. Right? Like they're concerned because Granger is driving around. They know what he's wearing, and they know that he's driving a 1972 light blue Datsun. Okay. And in some places, this is reported as pink, and that's just one of those apocryphal things that yeah. tends to accumulate to a story because it makes him seem more eccentric. But no, it was just light blue. Gotcha. But the <laughs> was his it, stepdad wasn't Christopher was McCandless's car a Datsun. Very possibly. I don't remember, okay. but possibly that poor abused car. That poor he got yellow abused at. car. Oh, that just pisses me off about him. Let's not go <laughs> down that hole because I will name all kinds of things. <laughs> we can't afford another disgressisode. <laughs> More like an aggressisode. I will be so aggressive about him. Your aggro-sode? Yeah. Okay. 
so his stepdad is like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know what happened, but now that he's disappeared, the whole, hey, I really love you. Thanks for everything you've done for me. By the way, this is where my wills are. Thing looks really bad. Has, okay. Where they're very, and very concerned. His stepdad has found the note at this point. Yeah, yeah. His stepdad has the note, his stepdad has the wills, and I wasn't able to tell from the articles how much his parents knew about the whole alien thing, but they did let him build an entire UFO in their backyard, so I think they knew it was an interest of his, (laughs) at minimum. (laughs) You know, he had a passing curiosity. Yeah, they were probably just happy the hallway didn't reek of smoke anymore. Good God, (laughs) right? Cool, cool, cool. So the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties, Mm -hmm. are on the case. And they're like, okay, we got to find this young man. Like, this is very concerning. But they look everywhere. They look at the hospital. They look at passport and, like, border checks. They look every place he could be. And there's nothing. So he's, at that point, put in the national computer system. And the motor vehicle branch has, like, his driver's license information. Okay. The, and nothing. So after four years, what they know is he's gone, his truck is gone, nobody's ever renewed the tags okay. on the Datsun pickup, which means it's not on the road anymore, right? Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, because well, somebody would pull it over. Sure. Dude guy was on an island. Yeah. He was on an island, and wow. he and an entire truck have disappeared. Okay. So, it'd be one thing if it was, like, a Maura Murray, like, the car was found crashed, and sure. footsteps are going into the woods type oh, thing. Oh, sure. But a whole truck is gone. A whole truck and a whole human on an island. This is girl with a dragon tattoo shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, six years after he disappears, they finally found the truck. Oh. The truck is... Is they well, I should say they kind of find the truck. They don't find like a truck sitting quietly in a clearing. Up on a mountain, they find tiny pieces of shrapnel from a truck that has been blown to pieces in a massive explosion. No fucking way. Oh, indeed. No fucking way. Yeah, because six years after he disappeared, a logger on the mountain sees a crater in the ground and metal debris embedded in a tree. And according to the source, some people, some of the resources I found said that there were also bone fragments. Some didn't. So I don't know what the significance of that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and this is not the mountain that was on the back of the note that was on the stepdad's door. Right. It's a different mountain. Yeah. Tricky. So it was believed, and, you know, that's the kind of weasel sentence where you're like, by whom? Yeah, For exactly. why? Yeah. Uh, but apparently what I've gathered is it wouldn't have been completely unusual for Granger to have had dynamite in his truck. God damn because it. Because in the 70s, I mean, for one, he's a party weirdo. Totally. Which I love. Yeah. Like, of course he had dynamite in his truck. Why not? But also, it was not an unusual way to remove stumps at the time, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Or fish. You know, you just throw a lit stick of dynamite <laughs> in a lake and whatever comes to oh the surface God. you eat. It's pre-cooked, yeah. Liz. Oh, my God. The things that have been dynamited over the years on this show. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. So... 
that is about what we know. We know that he's never been seen again. Okay. We know that they found what the coroner concluded is he was carrying dynamite in his truck and it went off. Whether it was by accident or on purpose. Okay. So, why I think you can... Go ahead. Why are they so sure that this crater potential truck was his? Did you find... I don't know. Okay. Yeah. They don't... I don't know if they were sure that it was his. In an article from around the time, they said, until further evidence is found, the RCMP is assuming these are tailors. Yo, okay. I... I think a lot of it is circumstantial, though. Yeah. Where they're like, missing dude, missing truck. Truck bits and bone <laughs> bits, maybe. It's a match! Case closed! It's a match! Case closed! Wow! Yeah. Okay. So, so his family and his friends have had a lot of time to think about what might have happened, mm-hmm. right? So... Some of them feel really bad. Some of them are like, Granger obviously took his own life. You know, this is clearly either because he was incredibly depressed or because he was very delusional. He may have thought that, like, he was blasting himself to space or something. Okay. Or some people are like, he was going out there for his pickup from his alien friend and something went wrong. Like, lightning okay. hit his truck and set off the dynamite yeah. or, you know... I don't even know, a spark happened. Like, it's yeah. unfortunate, but had the dynamite not been in there, he would have sat there, been disappointed, and come home. Yeah. One of his friends, the one who used to get high with him and talk about aliens, he doesn't think that Granger might be dead. He said that before they built the spaceship, Granger used to say, if I wanted to disappear, all I'd have to do is grow a beard and move to another country, and nobody would know where I was. Oh. Which is kind of exciting, as a thing to say. Yeah. Apropos yeah. of probably alien talk, so nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it's a little bit uncomfortable because there's a lot of questions about, like, was that really his car? If it was yeah. his car, were there bones? And if there were bones, were they his? And if they were his, were they bones that you can't live without? Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all heard various forensic stories of, like, and then the person, you know, takes one of their wisdom teeth and throws it in the fire and calls it a day. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things that point to him probably not moving away to start a new life. One is that, obviously, he didn't have a vehicle at that point. <laughs> like, all his vehicles are accounted for once you figure out where the Datsun went. And he leaves all his money behind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if he was planning on just taking off, the whole alien story is a really good way to ensure people have a lot of interest in you taking off. Like, mm-hmm. why not just leave? Yeah, why not just go? I think Granger was clearly operating on a reality level that we and the other people around him were not. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. So he was leaning a lot into this exciting expedition he was going to go on. I have never heard any of his folks from that time say they didn't believe it. He believed it, so they believed it, right? Okay. Like, his, he was so matter-of-fact. His strength of belief in this was so strong. Yeah. And I've had friends over the years where 
they're very convinced of stuff, you know, whatever that stuff is. You know, you don't always say, like, no, you're wrong. You can't possibly know that. Mm -mm. Because I know there's... Sometimes it's also a way of expressing a different kind of thing that you're going through. Where if you say, you know, there's something here that you need to talk about. And it sounds like what Granger needed was someone to come take him away from all this and really let his mind work to its full capacity. Right. So that's the form that this fantasy, if it was a fantasy, took. So... It's definitely a tragedy for his family, right? They left his room untouched for many years. They left his spaceship out there. Yeah. They, of course, waited the 42 months, really, hopefully. Sure. Because at that point, his truck hadn't been found. They were hopeful. Maybe he walked off. Yeah. 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 We don't know. But what his stepfather said is something that makes me very happy. I can hardly believe Granger's off in a spaceship, but if there is a flying object out there, he's the one to find it. Mm. I love that. And on Mysterious Universe, which I used a lot for this, let's hope that he did just that and that somewhere out in the inky blackness, an earthling by the name of Granger Taylor is having the experience of a lifetime soaring out amongst the stars, even if he is a little late getting home. I'm going to cry. Oh, no. so, that's kind of why I hmm. like this as a UFO story, where yeah. it's a very interesting guy. It's an interesting disappearance. All the stuff that's going on around him is intriguing. Yeah. And the part of me that is open to an alternate explanation besides the prosaic, like, something went wrong with dynamite and he died yeah. thing. I would love to think that if... If aliens do come and they do communicate with humans and or pick up humans for interstellar expeditions, doesn't he seem like exactly the guy they would take? He seems so perfect. He's excited about it. He's open to it. He's smart enough to talk to them about things that probably concern beings that are able to mechanically engineer objects into inner space travel. Right? They're like, like, oh, you could actually follow it. Everybody else just argues with us about how magnets work. But, like, we were just flying over, (laughs) and we saw your cool UFO you made out of... We saw your craft, and we we parked alongside it, and we realized it was just sort of like a tribute. Yeah. And then he started communicating. Plus, you know Granger's totally willing to share his bud. Like, he's token up with the little greys out in outer space. (laughs) I, and they're like, we got to take this guy with us. Granger can definitely party. I I absolutely prefer that, of course, to, like, any other theory. I mean, I, I, I think it sounds like the, is that his truck and are those his bones sounds so circumstantial to me that I'm not even honestly willing to entertain that that's what happened to him. My thought mm-hmm. was that it would be a... He goes to the mountain, he waits all night, he goes, fuck, and feels really foolish for perhaps the first time in his life, and goes, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to grow that beard and go to France now, to Oh, avoid. see, I thought you were going to go to a direction of, I guess I'll blow this up because I can't go back, but I like the idea of, I got half a tank of gas. Totally. I'll just keep driving. Totally. And who, I mean... Come on now, he left a lot of money behind. Who says they knew exactly how much money this dude? I assume he was dealing in cash. You know, he's working mm-hmm. in a little fishing village or a port area. In the 70s. In the like 70s. Have debit cards no, in the 80s. No, So he could have had all kinds of money with him and still left all kinds yeah. of money behind. 
And he had a kind of skill set that would translate anywhere. He could just have, like, driven all night, rolled up in Portland totally. and said, you know, do you have any ships that need a mechanic exactly. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I've also, one of the theories that the UFO sites like is that the aliens blew his truck up to make it look like he died. Well, who's to say that when they landed, yeah, they didn't, mm -hmm. we haven't seen their little jets, but their jets got too hot on the truck and they were like, fuck, we melted it with our space plasma. All right, Granger, are you cool with it? We're going to have to just totally like, so that we get yeah. rid of all the evidence. And he was like, yeah, what's up? Go for it. Yeah. They're like, Granger, we are so, so sorry. We kind of ruined your truck. Totally. He's like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. We'll give you a new one when we hit Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll get to it when we get back. And then, you know, three and a half years passes and they're like, I don't want you to leave. And he's like, I kind of don't want to leave either. Yeah. He probably <laughs> met a girl, you know, or a, a guy. I'm not going to gender who he met. He probably met someone and was just like, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm actually having a good time with you. Let's like get our monogon out here in outer space. Right? And he's like, all my friends have already, like, moved on from this, yeah. which, you know, that's not quite how it works. But I I can see, you know, we've all had the night where you're, you're at the party and you know you really need to head home because people might start worrying about you. Yeah. But you're just having a good time. You are just having a good time. Yeah. So I hope he's out there exploring. I will, I will consider nothing else. That's how it yeah. ends for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the story of Granger Taylor, which, depending on... How you look at it, it's one of those beautiful lenticular postcards that you can get at tourist traps mm -hmm. across the world. Either you look at it one way, and it's a mysterious genius who disappeared, or another way, and it's a very intriguing UFO story. But either way, I, I, I was entertained. This is a really good one. It had zero scary aliens in it for me. Yes, nobody has to look at any aliens, Thank and God. nobody gets probed or injured or abducted or skinned. Like, oh, oh, you gave me a new fear. Do aliens skin people, Liz? I was thinking of cattle mutilations. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I do not believe at all that we are alone in this universe. There's no way our rock is the only one with life on it. But holy shit, if there is other life, it is not coming over here just to poke holes in our cows. I feel like not. I don't think but, so. On the other hand, maybe they're just treating Earth the way that we treated, you know, Africa and the American West when we were mm. settling it. In which case, it's bad news. In which case, they've named our, our whole Earth Disappointment Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Shit rock. <laughs> Scary planet. <laughs> I'm going to wrap us up, and I want to talk to people. They've heard it all before, but you know what? It's always good to reiterate. Come to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and hang out with us. Mm -hmm. Go to WeedYourBroads.com. Once work is a little less hectic, I'm hoping to spend a little more time expanding some of the content on there. Yeah, but, fuck yeah. You know, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but we always like chatting with folks and hearing from them. I would like to thank our new patrons. Thank you all for coming on board, especially during a time when we were having not the most uh, productive month we've ever had as a show. So I appreciate the support uh, hey. from Sarah, from Nessie, and from Johnny. Thanks, guys. If withholding stuff from people gets us more patrons, I will continue to withhold. <laughs> yeah, you like it. Yeah, you I like do. it when we can only release two regular episodes a month. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you take what I can give you and you love it. 
Thank you for stepping up and doing something for last week, by the way. I really appreciate that. Hey, you bet. Sorry I didn't even think about uh, copyright infringement. I was just like, whatever, I'm going to read this thing. Low I think effort. we got it edited down out of... Uh, I would also like to proudly announce that we are, I think, prove me wrong, I think we're the first podcast ever to have its own fragrance line. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I think a lot of people have said, how do we take an audio medium visual? Mm-mm. But very few people have said, how do we make it smell like a podcast? Yes, <laughs> there are other senses we can activate, my friends. Yes, mm. it, it is like one of those movies from back in the day when they'd have all the scents on a card, except none of them are horrible and they're all wonderful. Wonderful. And they all have a lot of stories behind them. Yes. So what we're going to do is try to sit down and have them on us and like smell them and talk about them a little bit more. But let me just give you sort of the brief overview. And thank you so much to Alden Fragrances for working with us on these. It was a wonderful experience. This is like, a really cool first partnership. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we love supporting, you know, other women doing the business thing Mm -hmm. and small businesses. And yeah. So let me tell you about the ones that we have right now. Manitou Park, Shanghai Tunnels, Grey Lady, Bigfoot, Mount St. Helens, Palouse, Raleigh Faulkner, and Pike Place. Mm -hmm. If you are intrigued and you are saying, how did they make a perfume that smells like Raleigh Faulkner? How? Well, I'll give you a hint. It includes peach. It sure does. <laughs> and cash and tobacco. And I don't even remember what else. But <laughs> if you're... It, there was definitely a little musk in that one. Yeah, I think there's a little musk in it. But uh, I I love all of them. And I will talk more about them on upcoming episodes because i have many opinions and thoughts but in the short term if you're interested go to aldenfragrances.com e-l-d-e-n fragrances.com slash products slash ouija dash broads or you can just go to aldenfragrances.com and navigate to it and you'll be able to see the whole line it'll tell you about sort of what's going on with them we helped write the, the descriptions and you can actually get um, a sampler pack mm-hmm. that will have little cards with each of them. If you're like, I can't really decide, then just get a. This is what I did when I first tried Elden. Uh, when I first tried the Elden fragrances stuff, is I just got a sample pack of everything. It was like, what do I like? What do I yeah, not exactly. like? What's my favorite? I was gonna say my favorite actually when I first got it was um, what is it called? I don't even remember. It's the princess one that's inspired by Elsa from Frozen. Oh, cool. But the problem is I liked it and then I left it in the van in the middle of July and the whole van smelled like it for like a week. Oh, no. So you hate it now. Don't do what I do. Don't leave the envelope open and leave it in your car. Nope. Just use it like a normal perfume, like a normal human wears perfume. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't <laughs> don't overload your senses with it. For sure for don't our hot box and <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> Damn it, leave the hot box into Granger. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you have a favorite, Devin, of these? Um so far my favorite, surprisingly to me, I have two. I really like Palouse and I really like Manitou Gardens. And the Manitou one, I don't always like things that are old-fashioned and floral because I think they can smell mm-hmm. quite old lady-ish. And that yeah, is very grandma Yeah, definitely. And that's why I'm glad we got samples of these from Eldon when we were developing them with her uh, because 
from the description, you know, tuberose, like, fuck you. That is what my great auntie (laughs) smells like. And then you get it in this little vial and you realize, oh, it's actually a lot more delicate than an old lady would wear perfume. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this floral and the Palouse one just makes me really happy. It's really, I don't know, it's a golden smell to me. Yeah. Yeah. They're all very different too, is something that I've noticed. I haven't decided my favorite yet. I love Shanghai Tunnels. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the one that the first time I smelled it. So it is Pico Tea, Jasmine, Lemongrass, and Opium mm-hmm. with delicate notes of rain apples and the ocean breeze. Because we're not just doing Shanghai. This is Portland, Shanghai For Tunnels. Sure. And it's a very sexy smell. It is. It just is. It is. Very sensual. It's not an everyday smell, though. I think when I go for what I'm going to have for every day, and I'm not normally a perfume person, but I just really, really like this yeah. stuff because it doesn't smell like a department store. It doesn't. It smells like something very different. Yeah. But I think I might go with Grey Lady. Grey Lady's a really you know? sweet one. That one's about Rue, so the Grey Lady of Hasita yeah. Head Lighthouse. So imagine, we yes. won't tell you yet, but imagine what scents could evoke a woman from that era, a lighthouse on the ocean, that meadow, a ghost. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You just think about that. Society6 is having a sale right now. Ooh. We aren't in charge of when Society6 stuff goes on sale, of course. But if you we are not. want a sticker, now's the time to do it. Because apparently it's 25% off right now. I just nice. got the email. So load up, friends. Get a sticker, get a coffee cup. Get a mouse pad, <laughs> get a print. Yeah, get a print. Oh, so yeah, go to, if you just go to WeedGerbrods.com, you can get everywhere from there. Yeah, it's just the center of the universe. Yeah, you know, that's why yeah. we have a proprietary website. That's why we have a proprietary <laughs> website. Well, I think that Granger Taylor is a person who perfectly embodied at least two, if not three, of the pieces of advice we always give everyone, which are to live weird, to die weird, and stay weird. So let's do it Granger style. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Get high and go live with aliens. Oh, man. Liz. <laughs> it's my medical advice to Liz. you. <laughs> You're speaking my language.